Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? We're back at it again, and thank you for joining us for another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast. This week's show is brought to you in part by Aegis Gun Care. Aegis Gun Care is a gun cleaning company that specializes in putting together a kit for all your cleaning needs. Um, I actually ended up getting one of these kits, and it pretty much had everything I needed for when I was at the range. So I didn't have to piece together a cleaning kit. It already came together. So head on over to AegisGunCare.com and Aegis is spelled A-E-G-I-S Alpha Echo India Golf Sierra Gun Cleaning or GunCare.com. And um, I don't know you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Once again, this week's show is brought to you in part by Aegis Gun Care. Now, of course, you already know, I got to say thank you for the people who listen to the M-W Tactical Podcast. It is greatly appreciative that you sit down and you listen to our viewpoints every week. So thank you for everybody who listen. Now, I can't say normally... We get emails with people listening to the show, but for whatever reason, I've been locked out of the M-W Tactical website, and I'm waiting on the company to get back with me to remedy this. But whenever we get back online, I will go ahead and give people who wrote us um, emails the, um, the shout out that I normally do. Now, of course, if you listen to us on Spotify, Remember, Spotify now has the option whereas you can watch this recording with video on Spotify. So if you're listening to us on Spotify or your favorite streaming platform, go ahead and hit that subscribe button or follow button or whatever it is that that streaming platform offers. So you will be notified whenever a new podcast comes forth. Also, if you looking at us on YouTube or listening to the podcast on YouTube, um, do the same thing. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and be notified whenever new videos come forth from the M-W Tactical Channel. Now, the best part about that is, is that we also are about to be doing the 1,000 sub giveaway. So once the channel hits 1,000 subscribers, we will be giving away prizes that the show sponsors have donated to us. So I'm really looking forward to that to take place. And I think right now we're at 7.08, I think it is. I don't check it every day because I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, we have one more, we have one more. <laughs> so I'd rather it all just hit at one time. So if you... We'll go ahead and just notify your friends and family and loved ones that, or people who you know are people who are into firearms, please go ahead and share with them about the M-W Tactical Channel. Now, of course, 
y'all already know I give Rockstar a hard time, right? Because my mission is not to let Rockstar get any sleep. So I can't have her having peace of mind because she likes to talk smack. So you got to keep her on her toes. You got to keep her awake. You got to keep her flustered, right? So we had a bit of a snowstorm here. And I will say I cowered down and I stayed in the house under the under the comforters. So I wasn't able to nag Rockstar. The only thing I did was I sent her a picture and was like, yo, this stuff scares me. I'm staying in the house. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so, But we're going to go ahead and let Rockstar come on in and tell you what she thinks about the snow that she's used to that I'm not used to. So without further ado, <laughs> bring it forth. The co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, Rockstar. What's going on with you there, Ms. Rockstar? Well, I feel like I'm surviving winter better than you are right now. Oh, yes, you are. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, if I sneeze at the wrong time, I might hit the one on um, the phone pad. <laughs> and it'll be like, 911, how can we help you? <laughs> uh, that's how bad I really hate the cold. <laughs> I really cannot stand the cold. <laughs> I'll have to drive up. There. I didn't. I didn't hear that last part. You said it was it kind of faded out. Here's your mail for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, how has your week done? Because what actually took place for us last week, they was calling for this massive snowstorm to come through, or at least they hyped it up to be like the end of life is going to be happening, but it's snow coming to South Carolina. Um, but they was like talking about it in stages. So it's supposed to be like Thursday night. It was supposed to be really cold. Friday, it was supposed to get snow. Saturday, it was supposed to be colder with more snow coming. And then like the cold front was coming in. But it really wasn't as bad as they made it sound. It was really cold. I, I will say that. It yeah. did snow, and the one thing about the snow that I think everybody was overlooking was when you're driving, especially when temperature change happens, you can hit black ice like you don't know it, and I think that's the safety aspect of it that a lot of people were overlooking or underestimating, as you can say. Yeah. But you are pretty much used to all that because down here in the South, when something like that happens, you will start seeing like an abundance of accidents because that's conditions that we're not used to dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, especially in the winter months. Right. Yeah, I feel like up here, well, I mean, usually the first snowfall of the season, everybody kind of panics and there's people in the ditches. I'm like, you guys, we do this every year. Like. <laughs> It's not anything new, but that six month gap between, you know, March to October, everybody thinks that it's not ever going to snow again. So, but now it, it actually, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, it really hasn't snowed that much here this year. We have been, um, I don't know, I, it, it's cold. It's been, it was really cold last week and it's, it's still kind of chilly out, but as far as like a major blizzard or anything like that, it did snow last night a couple inches, but 
it's weird. Like we haven't really gotten dumped on. We haven't gotten like that one big snowstorm to kind of come in and bury everything. And um, in Milwaukee, we have winter parking restrictions. So if it snows more than four inches, you can only park on one side of the street. So everybody scrambles and people like fighting over parking spots. <laughs> and it's like a whole thing. And that's only happened once this year. There's only been one night where it, it snowed like four or five inches. And, you know, for the next two days, you couldn't park on the the other side of the street so I'm like huh this has been a, a a weird winter up in Wisconsin we sent some snow down your way instead I guess <laughs> yeah y'all need to go ahead and um send for that to come back up there <laughs> that's not that's not cool down here <laughs> but um what I actually ended up doing was um Friday yeah it was Friday I went to dinner with one of my um old battalion commanders when I was a drill sergeant and we still stay in contact with each other and driving back from the restaurant, you know, coming back home, I can hear, like, it was started raining, but the rain was turning to ice. And of course, oh, yeah. it, and you can hear it hitting the vehicle, but you didn't see it on the windshield. It was kind of weird. And I was like, yo, this is weird. But then, of course, when a vehicle will pass you and the light hits a certain way, now you can see it, like, hitting the window. But yeah. I was like, man, this is this is kind of weird. But I did have my Hunter HDO, my Hunter HD Gold glasses on, so that might have been the reason why I didn't see it on the glass. <laughs> but um, but the one thing I was um, <clears throat> a little nervous about when I was driving was um, dry uh, black ice on the ground. Yeah. And the only reason I say that is because there's a highway here called 277. So if you're on Interstate 77. 277 will run you straight downtown okay but the hour that I was driving it like when I left my home it was like 5 5 30 ish and then when I was coming back it was like about eight or nine but it wasn't much traffic because the weather was changing for the worse around about that time frame and not that many people was out and that's the only thing I was scared of was just hitting that black ice driving yeah you know, so, um, but that's the only thing that's been happening far as entertainment value for me this week was the bad <laughs> weather. <laughs> and of course, I didn't even shoot a match this weekend because of the weather. And wow. the match this weekend was supposed to take place in Belton at Belton Gun Club in Belton, South Carolina. And looking at the weather, I was just like, no, that's going to be too cold. And I wasn't even thinking it was going to snow. I, I just thought that was going to be hype. But yeah. it snowed. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> nah, I'm not doing that. But they ended up canceling the match anyway. So um, there's no match video this week. So that's how it went. Just staying in the house and cleaned up, watched some movies, and looked up some gun stuff on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, my week was pretty low key. I think for the most part, I I'm, I'm wearing my Packers shirt, and we definitely got crushed yesterday. <laughs> so I'm in mourning right now till next season. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get it. I get it. Like I, I don't follow football like that. Um, I used to when I was younger because my mom was an avid sports fan. You know? Nice. But um, when I got older. And once I joined the military, that's when I really stopped watching football, like weekly. But 
I would always catch the Super Bowl. Then it came to a point okay. where I would watch the Super Bowl only for the commercials. Right. <laughs> now I'm more like last year. I, I mean, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl last year. I didn't either. Yeah. So I was just like, mm, this just doesn't do anything for me. I know. Football's my one vibe. I don't have a TV, so I don't watch a lot of TV, but I still, I'll try to catch Packers games when they're on. <laughs> I got you on that. Now, um, I do know a couple people that are diehard Packer fans. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And you get around them and they start talking, I just be like zoning out like, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, isn't the Packers one of those teams, whereas um, it's like the shareholders own it? like the fans mm -hmm. own it or something yeah like you can buy stock it's a whole thing <laughs> yeah. i don't really think i mean they take the money and do renovations at the stadium but it's not like we have like any say in what the play calls are like the staff <laughs> no, is, but it makes you feel important <laughs> no i got you i got you yeah my, my brother um one of his uh ex-girlfriends it was a couple years ago and she was explaining that to me and i was like i didn't know they did that but if it's something that keeps the team there and the fans engaged if it works hey let it run with it right yeah yeah and I mean the Packers are such an anomaly I mean Green Bay is for sure like the smallest market I think there's about a hundred thousand people that live there and to have a you know a national franchise team that's in such a it, it's literally a small town I mean people you drive up to Lambeau and people rent out their front lawns for parking spots and you pay like 15 20 bucks and you can park in their grass <laughs> and I'm like what is this yeah, that's how it but it's is pretty here. cool yeah it's cool <laughs> yeah, that's how it is here in um in uh Columbia South Carolina when the Gamecocks have a game if you go downtown wow. and some of the houses down there they'd be renting out their front yard for parking spots <laughs> pretty cool pretty cool but um, That's this cool. week, what I wanted to talk to you, well, discuss with you, was the security when it gets cold, both your person, your home, property, however you want to view it. Then there was an encounter here in Columbia, South Carolina, where this lady shot herself at the mall. But you got to remember, it was cold. So we're going to tie all this into a cold talk. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I started watching this um, episode on abc it was off the website not the channel but the episode name was called an american epidemic one nation under fire and they was actually talking about violence with firearms and i just want to kind of pick your brain about it and see what you think about it and then later on in the show we're going to have an interview with our buddy uh chris lyles aka the tactical santa he actually went out to shot show and because neither one of us went to SHOT Show, we're just going to go ahead and get the third party to come in and express <laughs> their enjoyment or dissatisfaction, or however you want to view it, whatever took place at SHOT Show. So I've seen a couple pictures and videos on Instagram and Facebook, but I, I want to hear somebody's firsthand account. And I haven't spoke to anybody who went to SHOT Show for this main reason but I want to bring him on and let him talk about his experience out there. What did he see different from this year to last year or previous years? But I think this might've been his first or second time going out there also, but I can't remember. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I want to go ahead and tackle um, this show. So after the commercial break, um, let's just dive into it and see what happens. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So 
if you will, if you're driving in your vehicle, go ahead and adjust those sunglasses. If you're here in Columbia, South Carolina, go ahead and turn that heat up a little bit because I know it's cold out there. <laughs> but turn the volume up, put the vehicle on cruise control, and stay tuned because here are a few words from our sponsors. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to specialized 40 Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with Outdoor.Dynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for listening to that commercial break. As always, go ahead and pay those sponsors a visit and let them know that you heard about their services or product through the M-W Technical Podcast. Now, before the commercial break, we actually gave the list and rundown of the topics we were going to tackle for this show. Now, the first one I want to talk about was since we've been talking about it being cold now for what, two weeks? Um, have you ever thought about a security perimeter around your house when it's cold or your security, your personal security out in the elements when it's cold? Shopping at the mall, window shopping, whatever you're doing, restaurants. And how does that play a part? You know, so um, I would think an average person would think, oh, when it's cold out there, nobody's going to do anything. But you would actually think somebody would think of it and it's going to be like less than 1% that would try something, especially with these conditions that's going on right now, being that it's super cold. You know, so what's your take on that? Or how do you view that? I said, I think it's probably our, our natural um, inclination that we put our guards down a little bit more in winter. Everyone's kind of in hibernation mode. It's cold. Um, 
people aren't lingering either. Like you're not necessarily sitting in your car or like hanging out. You know what I mean? It's like you're kind of on a on a mission. It's like point A to point B to avoid the cold as much as possible. So I, I think there's this sort of like, well, I'm I'm in the zone. I'm doing this thing. I'm gonna avoid being out in the elements as as much as possible. So um, I think we are are naturally, at least here anyways, we're like <laughs> beelining towards the nearest indoor facility and not necessarily paying attention to our surroundings as much. But the security aspect of it, of because um, you know, I do know like a lot of houses are being broken into, especially this time of year around about the Christmas timeframe. And I never really heard of a spike in crime like when it's really cold outside, right. you know. Um, now I do know up in Charlotte, some group as a group of people when they was breaking into people's houses, they was doing it when it was raining, and they was timing everything to like when it was thundering, and you know, like how when it's raining, you hear like noises. <laughs> and they they had it strategically planned out, and I was like, wow. And this was in um, the neighborhood I used to live in. My uncle still lives in that neighborhood. And they hit about eight houses on his street. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, these them, them guys were very smart with it. And it was thundering. And of course, if you heard anything, you know what I'm saying? When the thunder went off, hey, that's what you just, okay, that was just thunder, you know, vibrating, whatever. Yeah. And like I said, hit about eight houses on the street. And I mean, they didn't walk off when that small. It was like all lawn, lawn equipment. Because, you know, a lot of people in those neighborhoods um, in that neighborhood rather have um like sheds in the backyard oh yeah yeah yep. um, some of the houses on the street didn't have garages so they had the sheds in the backyard and but it's not close to the house it's like kind of far because it's acreage like they all sitting on like about about five to six acres of land in that neighborhood so how do you prepare for that like even when you look at it from that standpoint they was doing it when it was raining but let's say the same thing when it's cold. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how many people actually leave their house when it's cold for functions or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, something to think about, though. Something to think right. About. Well, especially, like, from, I guess, a criminal standpoint, people are, you know, they're bundled up. They're usually, they're not looking around. They're, you know, you've got your hood on. You're, like, not looking around. You're trying to block the wind. You're, you're really focused. So you're kind of a sitting duck to some extent um if you know as like a as from a as a victim so if you're a criminal you're like okay like this person is not paying attention i can sneak up behind them they're all bundled up they're not looking around them mm -hmm. and you could pretty easily you know mug somebody rob somebody and they wouldn't no. see it yeah no i'm with you on that so have you have you ever or have you thought that since the pandemic took place and everybody's wearing masks do you think that lessened the threat situation or um, the assumption that somebody sees somebody coming at them with a mask on of possibly being robbed or something bad happening? Well, I think wearing masks is like emboldened people because they're not as recognizable. So you're able to get away with stuff especially like when stuff was happening in Minneapolis I mean there were so many people who were in like ski masks and like you know they had their hoodies on and their masks on all you I mean all you can see is their eyes like the police are 
and have a hard, much harder time identifying somebody, even with video footage, because you really can't see their face. So I think it gave a lot of people this out to be like, well, I can get away with stuff because no one's going to know who I am. And now, you know, me being as my buddy um, Oz called me the conspiracy theorist. And I told him when he and I was talking that I believe what's taking place is everything that's happening before us is just opening the door for something else to transpire. So, you know, like how um, you can go to Vegas and a lot of other cities have this technology. You're walking down the street and it's the facial scan. Now, you remember that movie that Tom Cruise done? Um, There was three people in the movie and they can kind of predict the future. And then you'll get arrested before the crime actually happened. Um, I forgot the name of that movie. Um, but I'm the well, worst. I haven't seen like any movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, this movie, um, there's a portion of it. So today, when you get on your your cell phone or your computer and you start looking up whatever, now mm-hmm. once you get on on Facebook or you're looking at anything that has an ad, that ad is pretty much something that interests you or whatever your previous search was. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So this is how it was in the futuristic movie that Tom um, Tom Cruise was doing. Right. So when you're walking, um, there's a bunch of ads up, but only um, you pretty much can see it because <laughs> it, like you had chips and stuff in your eyes and like technology was embedded into you. But everything was scanned off you know, the retina of your eyes also. You know, so I was like, hey, man, I think that's the direction somebody's trying to go. <laughs> and he was like, oh, man, you just thinking too much. And I was like, mm, nah, man, why these movies starting to come true? <laughs> you know, but he, he just keeps giving me a hard time about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's but, true, though. They tell us what they're up to. Yeah. And I think that's um, what that's going to come down to. And I wouldn't be surprised if you hear it. Like, okay, well, you know, this amount of crime took place during the pandemic and we narrowed it down to X, Y, and Z. And because of the precautions, everybody had to wear a mask for life-threatening situations. Now the element police couldn't do their job, but we get, we got this technology that can actually assist the police, help them continue to do their job. And it's a retina scan. So whenever you walk past these, certain piece of equipment it's going to scan your retina <laughs> you know what i'm saying um, right. sounds, sounds far-fetched but i wouldn't be surprised if somebody's already you know implementing stuff like that right now you know um because isn't it like some security measures whereas it does scan your retina so now let's just broaden uh, yeah. that yeah let's broaden that out whereas okay now that's because your eye is almost like your fingerprint it's an individual um signature yeah did you see the thing about how the irs is going to be requiring facial recognition scans to view your taxes online Mm -mm. yeah it came out like four days ago i was reading it and i was like hold on let's see if i can find the article oh man so this right here is because (laughs) yeah it's happening so let's think about it somebody like me who don't like to go out when it's cold and you normally start getting your tax paperwork, what, December, January time frame? 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now you get to sit at home and do everything, which you already can do. But now you're saying facial recognition to do anything in association with the IRS? Yeah, it says starting this summer, according to an IRS spokesperson, this is on Gizmodo. Um, it's like kind of techie stuff. So starting this summer, according to an IRS spokesperson, users with an IRS.gov account will no longer be able to log in with a simple username and password. Instead, they will need to provide a government identification document, a selfie, and copies of their bills to a Virginia-based identity verification firm called ID.me to confirm their identity. Hmm. I wonder how they're going to turn that into that. Um, uh, what's that driver's license called? Oh, they like the universal. Yeah. License. Yeah. I, mm. I can't. What is that thing called? Mm. Yeah. I remember, but um, I remember when I had to go get my driver's license updated, I didn't have to do it because I'm the holder of a government card my retirement yeah. military mm -hmm. id is enough to say okay you don't need that car but i went ahead and did it because i don't like to flash my military id everywhere i go and right. um of course you know i had a hard time at dmv with it because when i took my paperwork up there um you get two forms of paperwork when you retire from the military sure and this is your dd214 so one of it um you give to like a regular business so like if i'm coming to work for your company and they ask for a dd214 i can give them one of them and the other one has like um more important information on it i guess you can say like for official business um government related so one of them says honorably discharged the other one doesn't even mention it and the lady at dmv was giving me a hard time because <laughs> it didn't say honorably discharged <laughs> I'm sitting there like, lady, if you did 20 years in the military, there's no way you're going to get anything less than that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but um, I think, like I said, all that stuff is tying in together right now because back in the 80s, you got to remember the agencies wasn't talking to each other, right? Yeah. Right. 2000s, they was kind of getting better with it. And now look at us now. And it sounds like everything is starting to become on that universal platform. I know. Everything computer is going to start talking and the agencies are forced to work with each other now. You know? I kind of hope the grid crashes. <laughs> yeah, but would that help us in the cold <laughs> or in the summertime? Got to teach you how to build a fire. <laughs> yeah, don't crash, in the, don't crash in the winter. Don't crash in the winter, please. Late to the summer and spring. <laughs> I can survive better then. <laughs> All right, so um, let's let's take it. Let's move forward to the next one. Um, and I found this one kind of funny because I talk about this all the time. <laughs> there was a lady here in Columbia, South Carolina, at the mall, who shot herself. Now, when she shot herself, she had a firearm in her purse. And a lot of times, when I talk to females, I always tell them, if you're going to put your firearm in your purse take a holster or something and rig it somehow in your purse. So when you go to reach for it, it's in the same position and you know where it is. Don't just let it flop around in your purse. Right. Now, of course, this person is probably under the assumption, oh, it's a firearm. There's nothing 
no real education value in it. She learned the hard way. <laughs> so where she shot herself at, I don't know. Um, when I read the article, I was just like, wow, it was just a matter of time. And I knew that was going to happen, <laughs> you know. So um, police got involved, fire department and emergency services. All of them got involved because I guess they originally thought the woman was shooting at the mall because, you know, when it's told by one person, it goes to another person, they're going to elevate it. And it's, you know, just word of mouth, how things is never going to be the exact story. Right. Uh, what it came down to, she was just moving stuff in her purse, looking for whatever. The firearm went off and she shot herself. You know, so um, that's why we always say, go seek out a reputable instructor and learn about certain things. Because I know, like I said, when I talk to females, I've always said, the, my personal opinion, the best way to carry a firearm is on your person. Because if you put it in your purse, you put the purse down, somebody take your purse, guess what? Your livelihood and that firearm is gone. <laughs> you know? But an example I've always said was, what if you're digging through your purse and your firearm has a safety or it doesn't have a safety and when you're moving it around, something gets caught up in that trigger area and the only way the firearm is going to go bang is when that trigger is pressed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Keys, ink pen, fingernail polish bottle, or whatever. Mascara can get in between there and that leverage can make it happen. Now it had happened. It came true. <laughs> you know? So, um, right. but just got to be careful yeah you just got to be careful however you decide to carry just make sure everything is covered you know what i'm saying especially with a firearm and right. obviously she was you know carrying the way i like to carry with one in the chamber <laughs> but the downside to it is she wasn't carrying properly <laughs> to prevent that from going off right you know what i'm saying so there was a pro and a con right. there and I don't know what's going to happen with that one because yeah. the way it read in the article is um, I don't think she was allowed to have a firearm. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's how it read in the article, but um, it's kind of curious to see how this is going to play out. But if anything, that is the bad example of a good example for someone who actually carries a purse in their, I mean, a firearm in their purse. Right. Um, like I said, one of my recommendations have always been go buy one of those purses that are specifically made for um, transporting a firearm, right? Yeah. Um, like the one you displayed last week. I but, love that thing. Yeah. Or just if you have your favorite purse, um, go get a holster and somehow or another link up with somebody and have it um, manufactured, whereas it's in there and it's not dancing around. It's like up against one of the pockets or the side of it or something on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she is okay, but it, it's <clears throat> right. It's just, I mean, that's the the example that you don't want to hear, right? You know, like someone being negligent. She's lucky that she didn't shoot anybody else, right. um, especially in a mall, which, you know, there's a lot of people around. It's just like not a good, not a good situation. So um no it's not yeah, no. She, she's like it could have gone way worse so she's lucky that it didn't you know well i'm just glad that not to say 
it went off and it shot her, but right. it could have got more crucial for her if somebody else would have got hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, luckily mm -hmm. it, it transpired the way it did. Right. Um, now that's a learning lesson for everybody, um, the public, other firearm instructors that can use that example in their class. Right. Um, same time, um, store policies, the mm -hmm. property policy being the mall, because um, they do have a sign outside of the mall that says no firearms allowed, but the sign isn't correct, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, here in South Carolina, um, it's written in law, the sign has to be a certain way. That's why I say the sign isn't correct. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a learning lesson all around for everybody. Right. So now um, the last topic, this is the one I've been waiting for, as we already stated at the beginning. Lately, well, let's put it, ever since the new administration has taken office, we've been hearing the talk of gun control, right? And gun violence. Now, I don't believe there's a such thing as gun violence or gun control, as they're putting it. ABC, they put together a segment that I found on the internet, and you can look it up. Um, just go to Google or whatever your search bar is, and then put in American Epidemic, One Nation Under Fire. And I'm only about one-fourth of the way through the episode, because it's like 25 minutes. And um, I just started watching it before we started recording. Now, I've said this maybe three or four years ago. If you're saying gun control is a problem, right? Let's put a clear definition on it, all right? So why is there a problem? What about jobs in that area, right? Because remember a couple of years ago, how everybody kept talking about um, Chicago, right? Up in that area. The reason being is my personal opinion, there's not enough jobs. People are not engaged. Of course, whenever you have violence, violence normally comes from people not having the means to do something and they're going out to take what they need for survival, you know? Education on firearms. Now, at one time, have we heard any of these politicians say anything in relation to this? It's always been, we got to get guns off the streets. We got to get guns away from X, Y, Z, whatever. Education. All right. So why are we not talking about it in school? All right. Certain areas around the country, back in the day, let's say around about the 1950s, 60s time frame, um, firearm um, was a part of the curriculum, depending on where you lived at because hunting was the basis for survival. Now, of course, if you want to look at it, like, oh, why would you teach that in school? Was it whatever? Okay, so look at how many people are single parents or there's not the man around that can show the kid how to hunt. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, you learn it through school or whatever. Not saying, like, women don't know how to hunt, but just that formula that you can actually use and look at. So 
why isn't education with firearms even being talked about when gun control is being talked about? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Why? I mean, because look at who controls the narrative. It's the anti-gun folks. So, I mean, they don't, their solution is just to get rid of guns altogether. So it, they, they don't care how much education you get. In their mind, the problem is the, the tool and not the, you know, the education. So, or lack thereof in many cases. Um, I think it's a... Uh, it's a good like wedge talking point too. It gets people fired up on, on both sides. Um, and I feel like um, it's very much, uh, it, it's like, a, it's kind of like one of those like rally the troops statements, right? Like gun control this, gun control that, and you get your base all fired up. And, you know, they never really propose. They haven't, like, my main problem, with many politicians is that they never want to get to the root of the problem. Um, they want to create some program to fix it, or they want to raise taxes, or they want to confiscate something or make something illegal. And I mean, look at all the times we've tried that throughout history and other things. I mean, when look at well, look at prohibition, right? How did how did that how did that fare? <laughs> I mean, just because alcohol was illegal doesn't mean people stopped drinking. So this whole idea that, oh, we're going to make firearms illegal and we're going to take them away. First of all, there's more firearms in America than there are citizens. So I'm not I'm not sure how you're planning on, um, you know, getting everyone to line up and, and hand in their their guns. They don't think that's happening. Um, and then secondly, I think that there's this whole notion that um, it, it's like this whole idea of like safety, right? And like the only way that you can be safe is if the government steps in and saves the day. And that's the last thing. I mean, if you look at governments throughout history, usually when governments come in and try to save the day, a bunch of people wind up dead. So yeah. I would like to avoid that outcome um, if yeah. at all possible. So. I think we need to rethink the conversation and not just talk about all the ways that we can get rid of firearms, but maybe like to your point, educate people on why you might need a firearm and how to properly use it to make sure that it's not going off in the mall in your purse. And that, you know, teaching kids who are in, you know, low income areas or broken homes that, Firearms are definitely, you know, they're, they're a tool, but they can also be deadly. And just because you, you have one doesn't mean that you should be using it for, um, you know, personal vindication reasons. So how do we educate those, how do we educate those people on, on the responsibility aspect? And I don't think that you're right. That conversation is not happening at all. And I, and with the people who are in charge, it's, it's been pretty clear that they're not willing to have that conversation. So it needs to be people like you and like me and like the other two way folks that we're connected with who really kind of like, we have to take charge of the conversation because if we don't, we're going to continue down this road of letting these talking heads just drive policies that make things worse. Like look at Chicago, they have a handgun man and they have one of the highest violent crime rates in, in the country. So there's just a lot of things that don't add up you know what i mean right 
Well, part of it is, as you already noted, um, even though you said we need to take control of the conversation, that part of it is people that are pro 2A are being excluded from the conversation. Um, and I believe the reason being is all the points that we will make will be valid points. And it's the right. points that the anti-side can't debunk, which will be right. all facts for us. We don't talk hypotheticals or myths. Everything that pro-2A people are talking are facts. Right. Um, now, even when you turn around and you look at it from that standpoint, the remedy would be, of course, um, once everybody gets on board, now the anti don't have anything to talk about everybody who i've known and i've only dealt with three people personally out of the 25 that i engage that took me up on my offer which was hey let me give you a class on a firearm and right. i want you to tell me what you think after that class and i'm not going to change anything that i will talk to a person who i don't know you know I want to give you that same class, All right? So, um, of course, those three people took me up on the offer. I gave them the class. Yeah. And then uh, now they're all avid <laughs> gun people. Right. Because they all said the same thing, like, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. And right. I think what a lot of people are looking at is they already put the negative connotation with the firearm. Right. right? by putting that negative connotation with the firearm, oh, it's a bad thing. Uh, what's the difference with saying something like when I walk into a room, oh, you're a big guy, you're black. Oh, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. When you actually talk to me, you realize like, man, you're so laid back, you're easy going, you don't cause harm to nobody. You're just a big teddy bear. You, you can say that, <laughs> but push the wrong buttons and find out what <laughs> <laughs> just like a firearm you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's the person that's in control of it it's how the outcome is going to be you know yeah so why is the firearm on trial and not the person right you know what i'm saying so now the other downside to it is is um the court systems mm. right yeah. anybody who does something with um, a firearm of against the law <laughs> or you know um, mischief in any type of way right prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law but that goes to show like how our system justice system is has holes in it also you know what i'm saying so if you have money or political persuasion in any type of way now you do a crime and you're going to get the full penalty of the books right somebody who has a little bit more influence money my mom or daddy knows this person who's the governor or the mayor or whoever do the same exact crime and now you're going to get the lesser yeah you get a slap on the wrist yeah. versus jail time and fines so um, yeah. like i said that's that's part of the remedy if you ask me Mm -hmm. um, versus treat everybody equal you know what i'm saying right. if, if it happens okay bam you did it this is what happens everybody right. gets the same thing 
regardless. Yeah. You know, um, education is the other portion of it. Right. But at the same time, there's education involved with it. Um, now the community involvement with it. You would think the police officers or law enforcement would spearhead something of that magnitude. But you turn around and you look at it now with budgets and everything else that's being cut back and all this other stuff and everybody's trying to be politically correct and nobody wants to be looked at as the bad guy. Right. The police are not even getting trained the way they're supposed to. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now that talks about us, people at the grassroots level, right? right. We're taking it upon ourselves to go out here and educate ourselves and educate each other as to, um, okay, this right here is what I discovered. This is what I learned. Hey, we was talking about this. We looked at this wrong. Let's move forward with this process. You know what I'm saying? And I said that to, to somebody who was an anti-gun person. And he was like, oh, no, oh, no. And I was like, you're looking at it all wrong. <laughs> you know, I said, that's normally yeah. what happens. So a lot of people can turn around and look at it and be like, oh, yeah, this group of people, y'all only going to this event for a social party. No, it's mainly like an update for the last time we met each other. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's honestly think about it. So that time I met you in Tennessee, right? MJ opened up his range and we was all sitting there shooting or whatever. Now let's just happen to say the next time we got together would have been SHOT Show, right? right. Now it would have been like, hey, y'all remember when we was talking about this, this and this? All right, yeah, we was talking about, you know, your, your finger on the trigger would be the first execution. But now we did some research and we did some studies and I just realized something, you know, off the help of, you know, Rob Pincus, a conversation with him and Ken from Provectus Group that stance is more important than the finger because you need stance before you pull the trigger so you can actually see it. You know, it's right. like an evolution and it's like everything right. together, right? But if we can do that on our own, how come there's another, no other agencies getting involved? Right, okay. exactly. Like the, the tools are there and the education is there. So why isn't it? We should get MJ on. We should We should have him on. Oh yeah, yeah. I plan on it, but I've been trying to get a hold of this guy for six months and our schedules can never line up. <laughs> he is so busy. I'm he so busy. busy yeah. yeah so, um, but Vegas would have been the time to catch up with him. So, I know. Yeah. So with him, you normally got to figure out where he's going to be at corner. I'm going to be like, got him now. Yeah. <laughs> sit down, put this duct tape around you. <laughs> put a microphone in his face. Now talk. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. So, um, but one thing I do want to go and encourage and challenge everybody to do is um, look up that special. Um, once again, um, do a Google search. It's called American Epidemic, One Nation Under Fire. And I found it when I was looking up gun news and I just clicked on it, caught my attention. And I just started watching it. But so far, I have yet to see a firearms instructor on there talking points. You know, I know yeah. officers and victims and school people on it. 
but I have yet to see a firearms instructor. But once again, like I already said, I'm only one fourth of the way into the video. Sure. And yeah. after we finish this recording, I'm going to go ahead and jump back into it and finish it off <laughs> and yeah. give you my true conclusion next week when we talk <laughs> yeah. about that episode. Yeah. No, so, I think um, be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, one thing I've always said, you know, before going to the next commercial break, anything with firearms, isn't that how America was founded? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's the not... second amendment for a reason. I mean, the first amendment is the first, like, that's the most important. And the second is yeah. there in the second place for a reason, you know? And it's like, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just think, um, I'm a firm believer and you got to know where you come from to know where you're going. You know, so, yeah, yeah. You, you can't wash it over. Um, you can't change it because it already happened. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So what do you do? Yep. So, um, but yeah, that's the, the talking points I want to hit up this week. You know, um, I want to continue that one off of that gun control and um, the American epidemic next week. So, um, but I want you to watch it. I know you're busy, so you got to watch it. Probably like um, little segments of it when you're walking to the restroom or when you're eating dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so it might take you like a whole week to watch that one episode. <laughs> All right. So, um, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into um, a quick commercial break. And then uh, when we come back, we're going to have that interview with uh, Chris Lyles of um, South Carolina Gun Schools aka Tactical Santa, and he's going to share with us his experience um, of SHOT Show. So he actually went out to Vegas this year, and he's going to tell us about what he saw, how he felt, and the conditions surrounding that environment this time of the year. Because you got to remember, SHOT Show is not open to the public. It's only open to people within the industry, like meaning vendors, media, and other instructors of that such but um i'm curious to hear what he's going to say that took place out there in vegas but next year we're going we're going next year so All even, right, we're going. Yeah, even if i gotta twist your arm we are going <laughs> <laughs> i'll start saving now i'm not gambling that's all i'm saying i'll lose i'll lose big <laughs> out of all the times i went to vegas i've only went to gamble one time yeah. And that was just to say I done it. That's the only reason right. why I did it. <laughs> you know, but I'm not a gambler like that. You know, what I'm I might I'm challenge you to like a, a meal or something like that, or <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But nothing big. You know, I'm I'm just not into that. I'll catch a show though. I'll go and I would go back to um Hoover Dam. I was out there last time. I was in Vegas. that was really cool. Yeah, you know, um when I was a drill sergeant. Um, Cause you know, that's like very stressful. There was times like I get off Friday, I just get on an airplane, go to Vegas and come back Sunday. Nobody knew I left. I didn't tell nobody. I just did it. <laughs> you know? But that was a way for me to unwind. Now, yeah. if you want the time frame when I was doing that, MTV had this show called America's Best Dance Crew. And Jabba Walkies had just won the first season of that TV show. And <laughs> part of their winning was they had a exclusive deal where they can put a show on at one of the hotels there. I can't remember which one it was. 
So um, when they was doing that, of course, you pay to go to the show. And right. I flew out there to Vegas and watched the show. Uh, another time I went out there, um, I went to go see Mariah Carey, but that show got canceled. So I just hung out out there in Vegas. Um, another time I just went out there just so I could say I went out there and didn't yeah. go see a show or anything. But I've always had fun when I went to Vegas. So, you know, nice. yeah. So, um, but let's go ahead and do this. Um, if you will, please, if you're new to the channel and this is your first time listening to us, or if you haven't done so yet, head on over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button, give us a follow. And as we already stated, once we hit a thousand subscribers, we will be doing this giveaway that the um, show sponsors donated these products for. Now on your favorite streaming platform, if you're following us, go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button, whichever button they give for that. Now, if you're on YouTube, I mean, um, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, please do a look up for us at M underscore W tactical and give us a like thumbs up and follow us and be advised whenever those content that we put out pops up and let's start a conversation off of some of the stuff that we put up. Now, of course, if you want to follow Rockstar, you can do so at I'm at Rockstar Burst, B-E-R-S-T, on Instagram. Yeah. Or you can just Google my name. It's MJ Burst, and you can hunt me down that way. But I hang out mostly on Instagram, and I have a lot of fun in my stories. And I'm in a bunch of random groups, and I talk about everything from, like, QA <laughs> stuff to conspiracies to memes. So... I keep it entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to jump in on some of those um, conspiracy conversations. <laughs> All right. So um, if everybody will uh, stay your seats, uh, please go get a ref um, replenish your drinks, use the restroom, and here are a few words from our sponsors. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon.
What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. We're back at it again. And thank you for sitting through that commercial break. And as we stated before the commercial break, we are going to have one of my buddies come on who was actually at SHOT Show, who lives here in South Carolina. Now, the only difference is he lives two hours away from me, but we still talk from time to time, like probably once every other month, a couple times every other month. So You heard me and Rockstar talk about him at the beginning of the show. His name is Chris. He is the founder and owner of South Carolina Gun Schools. So if you look it up, um, do a Google search, look it up. And if you live close to him, by all means, go look up the classes that he has, um, that he's offering and get that education. You know what I'm saying? So we got to get more people involved in the education aspect when it comes to firearms. Now, for those who don't know who Chris is, we call him Tactical Santa. <laughs> because to me, Chris is funny. I love being around him because I'm always laughing and he's always throwing jokes out there. He's a very good guy. And um, But one of the main things that we normally do is we bounce information off of each other. So if I'm having a hard time understanding something, I'll call him. He'll do the same thing. Or um, we'll say like, okay, we need to do something as far as um, going to this event. He'll ask if I'm going. I'm either going or I'm not going. But um, great guy overall. So I want to go ahead and introduce everybody to my buddy, Chris, who is also known as Tactical Santa. <laughs> so what's going on with you, Chris? How's it going? What's up, you? man? What's up, man? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was actually funny. There were you know, the amount of people at Shot and Show that actually know me by that name, because they were, I'd be walking around the circle bar and you'd hear somebody holler, Tactical Santa. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm sure it's easier than hollering Chris, because God knows how many Chris's were out there walking around. So, yeah, yeah, you'd be like 20 yeah, hits. pretty funny, hit. man. <laughs> One of those names is just kind of stuck. I need to start, you know, getting some t-shirts done and stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't done that yet. Yeah, just other things going on, man. I really, I want to get t-shirts for the business because I got a lot of people asking about that. But the this year, we're going to try to do more of that, get some t-shirts out and stuff. So just trying to find a good company to work with. I know I bumped into Ken Scott out there at SHOT Show and was talking to him about who he uses for his stuff. So mm-hmm. he's going to send me their information and we're going to see what we can get worked out. Okay. Um, so before the interview section of the show, we kind of was telling the good people a brief synopsis of what took place. So you went to SHOT Show. I didn't go to SHOT Show. I hit you up and said, hey, come on to the podcast and talk about what took place at SHOT Show. Now, you hear some people say SHOT Show is dead. Other people said that was the best SHOT Show they've been to in years. Like I said, I haven't contacted nobody you're the first person I contacted so I said I want to get firsthand experience from somebody who I know is going to be straightforward and honest with me so lay it on me 
How was SHOT Show? So two, I wasn't able to go in Tuesday because I was having issues with my foot and hardly could walk. And long story, that's for a different day. Um, Wednesday, was I was able to get in there. And to me, it didn't seem like there was as many people as there was in 2020. Mm-hmm. But with that new Skybridge, with the new forum and everything, I think that's what made it seem like there weren't that many people because it was just kind of so spread out now. Right. So once you actually got to move in between the two showrooms and everything, and then down to the first floor, I think there were a good amount of people there. And I mean, I enjoyed it. They weren't, I think a lot of people didn't want to go because of the whole mass thing. Right. And I'll be honest. I was, I was on the fence about it because I'm not a big mask person. You know, I put it on for the flight because I knew I was going to have to do that. But really, they weren't that bad. Um, it was kind of, if, if you wanted to wear it, wear it. I mean, they did have um, people walking around. You know, they'd come up and be like, hey, put your mask on. And I mean, I'd throw it on for like two seconds for them to walk off. And then I would just take it right back off. So there was... There were quite a few people there that were not wearing masks at all. Um, a lot of the people at the booths didn't have masks on. So it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Even walking around in the casino and stuff like that, you know, they weren't, you'd pass by a security guard. They'd be like, hey, put, put a mask on. You know, you put it on and walk past them and I'd just take it off. So, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. But now, once you got down to the circle bar, man, they they wouldn't nobody wearing a mask down there. So, yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. I I thought it was good. I I enjoyed it. I'm glad I went. You know, I know we were talking earlier. I've talked to a lot of good people, made some really good connections. And the other good thing is, you know, how they had last time they have what they call media row, right. where they have all the media people kind of in one little spot. They were actually because of how they've got it opened up now, they were actually able to be out on the floor. So like they had the big shot show um, media people out, like right in the middle of the second floor, man. I mean, it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I I enjoyed it. I really did. Everybody I talked to seemed to have a really good turnout. Um, I went over and talked with Jeff uh, from Triumph Systems. I don't know if you remember him from the first train and learn. Correct. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I went and bumped into him and talked to him, and he said it was probably one of their better shows. Mm-hmm. But now, too, a lot of people that I talked to as far as vendors and stuff was their response was it was better for them because everybody was there to do business. Mm-hmm. You didn't really have a lot of your, like, Instagrammers and YouTubers that are there to just try to get free stuff and do videos and stuff like that. So. A lot of the stuff I got from them when I was talking to them was it was one of their better shows because everybody was there to do business. There wasn't any kind of BS or anything like that. Right. So I, I thought it went well. I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I ain't gonna lie. I hated coming back. <laughs> that says a lot for you to say that because knowing <laughs> you personally, for you to say that, it, it was, was really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, man. I was, I was. I was, I won't lie. I was very skeptical going into it. it. The whole, and honestly, it was really the mask thing. I just, you know, 
we've I know we've talked about it. You know, if you want to wear it, wear it. If not, don't. You know, it's it's just a whole making me do it thing. But like I said, it was it was not that bad. Even the other places that we went to, because uh, you know we got invited to USCCA's after party, and that was down in Beer Park, down around the Paris, and walking through their place to get over to Beer Park after we parked. There were a lot of people not even connected to shot show that were walking around without mask and nobody was really enforcing it. You know, some of the smaller places we went into, you know, of course they wanted you to put a mask on and stuff. Even the shops inside the casinos and everything, there was only one place that I went into that they actually came over and was like, Hey, you're going to have to put your mask on. And I threw it on real quick. We got what we needed to get and got out of there. So it was, it was good. I, like I said, I was, very very skeptical but it was it was really good i'm i'm glad glad i went nice nice so now you're going out there and everybody has their mission for what's their reasoning for going out there what was one of the factors why you want to go out there and did you accomplish your mission yes the you know, my biggest thing was there was a lot of people that I didn't get to at 2020 that I wanted to get in front of. And plus, you know, I took Sonia out there because, you know, I wanted her to experience it as well. And, you know, we were both able to get in front of people that we were wanting to get in front of and talk to them. And, you know, hopefully, you know, some things do come out of it. But it was it was business for me. You know, I took some pictures and stuff, filmed a few videos, but it was business. I was wanting to get in front of people. I was wanting to get my name out there more than what it already is. So I was able to accomplish everything that I wanted to. So I, I'm very glad about that. I was able to reach the ones that I didn't get to last time. And, you know, core was the big core essentials was the big one I was wanting to get in front of and talk to them. And, you know, I was able to talk with Carl, the guy over, core essentials and talk to him thank him for stuff he had helped me with with things out here with a veterans event i did raising money and you know he's you know he said you know once i get settled to hit him up and we'll talk and see what we can get worked out you know i'm, I'm not gonna lie i hope i can maybe get a free battle belt out of it but if if not i'm still gonna get one because i like the way their belt is set up it's set up like they're normal belts with the ratchet system and everything it gives you a little bit of room to play with and you're not sitting there undoing velcro and all kind of stuff so it was it was really good plus you know I, what got to see horny mike from counts customs uh emp was it uh emp shield they do electronic uh safety systems and stuff like that they had him out there at their booth so got to meet him and stuff and then bumped into uh god i just drew a blank what's his name from uh real ward tactical tony samat tony yeah yeah i bumped into him and got to talk to him for a few minutes and get a picture with him and stuff and you know ken and kevin and armand and pincus and everybody you know i was able to hang out with them talk with them get about getting them back and stuff Something else you and I need to talk about. I'd like to get you back up here for a class or two when you got time as well. Yeah, we could definitely make that happen. So it was, it was, it was a very, it was very productive for me. Very, very productive. I said it seems like you're, um, you're not your high energy self that you normally are. So I could tell. Well, I'm not gonna lie, man. (laughs) The 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 time change and 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a little wore out. I'm not gonna lie. I am a little wore out. You know, I'm glad I got today to kind of recuperate a little bit and rest up and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I am not gonna lie, dude. I am I am beat down. But God, man, we did so much walking. I think tracking it on my watch, it averaged out to somewhere between seven to eight miles a day that we did as far as walking. Yeah, that's that's what it that's what I did the last time I was out there. It was about eight miles a day. So see, I didn't see last time I went, I didn't have my watch at that time to be able to track my steps and stuff. So I really don't know what I did that. But yeah, there was a lot, lot of walking, man. But but they just had it, it was so spread out. Right. So so spread out. And I think that was another reason there was a lot of walking but i mean it, it didn't bother me i mean i i'm yeah i'm tired but you know that's the the thing with shot show mm. you know you go out there and you know you're gonna you know you're gonna walk right. so I, the only thing that disappointed me is there were some businesses that i wanted to talk to that paid for their booth so they could keep the spot but didn't send anybody right so that, that was the only thing that really disappointed me is that there were some companies that I wanted to get in front of that, you know, they, what they set it up as is they set it up as a lounge and had couches and stuff there. And then a little sign that says, we'll see you in 2023. Yeah, I think that's nothing more than to um, save that spot for next yeah. year. You know what I'm saying? Because if they, they miss out, another company can come in and because it's like a seniority thing. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I gathered. If you don't pay or you don't come, then you pretty much start all the way down at the bottom. Correct. So, yeah. yeah, it would have been nice to at least have it on the little map thing saying lounge or, you know, because the way they made it seem on the map and on that little shot show app is like they were there. So right. that was the only dis that was the only disappointing part on on from shot show in general. Other than that, man, I mean, it was you know, it was a blast, you know, and I, I even bumped into Zeke Stout and we were talking about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, because some of the other people I talked to, you know, kind of like what you said, you, it was, it was half and half, you know, some people I talked to, they were like, oh, shot shows dying. It's not going to be what it used to be anymore. And then you had others talking about, man, this is best shot show ever. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think what it was was just how spread out they made it. It didn't seem like there was a lot of people there. And then, to the mask thing. But like I said, I hardly wore mine. I wore it if someone I put it on when somebody said something, and I took it right back off. Right. You had you had a lot of people that would walk by security, and they'd be like, you know, hey, you need to put a mask on. And they'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And they would just <laughs> it's in. always going to be that that those <laughs> yeah. people in the crowd. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, but other than that, man, it was it was good. It was really good. I, I, I'm like I said, I'm glad I went. I'm really glad I went because I was on the fence about it, and I'm glad I went. Plus, it was my wife went with me, so it was her first time in Vegas. So we took Friday and went and did some sightseeing stuff and out to the Hoover Dam and stuff she wanted to do. So I mean, it was it was still a fun trip all the way around. So what was the one thing? you really wanted to see when you got out there. So like the one time I went out there, the one firearm that I really wanted to get my hands on and play with and look at and talk about was the Arch and B. But what was the one thing you wanted to 
actually get out there to SHOT Show and say, hey, I want to actually see this, touch this, and play with it? Actually, there were a couple. One was the new Daniel Defense R3. And, oh, my God, man, that thing was so freaking light. Hmm. I mean, it was it was light. I, that, that rifle was very light. I was really surprised. But that was one that I wanted to get my hands on and stuff. Of course, the new shotgun from Smith & Wesson. <laughs> and then um, the M&P Shield Plus... And they had another variation. What was what was that other variation? It was a little bit smaller. Oh God, I just totally forgot. But those were the three that I wanted to actually get my hands on and look at. And then, you know, Sonya, of course, she's got the staccato. So she wanted to get by staccato and stuff. So we went by there and looked at some of their products and everything. And I mean, they did really good. And then that new dagger that uh palmetto state armory is coming out with the five seven by 28 it was really nice i was i was impressed with it isn't that um mp isn't that called some like csx something like that and maybe that's what it was i can't yeah i can't i remember seeing like something about it um last week but, but um, the sh that shotgun man i was really surprised at how light that thing is I was waiting on um actually Palmetto State Armory to get one in stock so I can go up there and play with it. Um, one of the guys that I know that work at Palmetto State Armory, he's not there anymore. So whenever they get new stuff, I don't get that call no more. <laughs> so I can go just I got uh, take right. a picture of it. So I got to make a new connection up there at um Palmetto State Armory. But um, but normally I you know I go up there probably like once a week and just fiddle around and just see um what's new what's coming out or whatever but when you actually touched and seen that shotgun do you think it was in association or close to um resemblance of the ksg model shotgun oh yeah i mean it it, it is but i've you know now of course i didn't get to shoot it but the feel to me is a little different than what the KSG is mm -hmm. and talking with them and talking with Ken, some of that clunkiness that the KSG has, you don't have with this. Right. So, and then of course you've got the grips are all the M and P grips. So to me, that made it feel better than what the grips are on the KSG having those M and P grips on there. So it, it, it feels really good. You know, I wish I could have been there for range day because I know they had it out there for range day. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I couldn't make it. But yeah, I would have I would have loved to have run some rounds to it. But it still felt good, you know, for it to be similar to what the KSG is. I think it's going to be a little bit better product. You know, now I, I could be wrong. I could run get it, run some rounds to it and totally not like it. So I mean, just the overall feel of it, it was light, you know, everything felt smooth messing with it there. So, but, you know, things change when you actually start putting rounds through it. Correct. Correct. Now, and it, that, I'm sorry, it. the handgun was the 30 super carry. 
MMP Shield Plus 30 Super Carry. Mm-hmm. So it's a 3.1 inch barrel, and then you get 12 and 15 round mags with it. So it's a little bit shorter than the actual MMP Shield Plus. Right. Now, I, I would have figured Smith & Wesson would have done more development and innovations with the compact because I think the compact is more universal than the shield, even though the shield is a thinner platform, but the compact gives you more um, versatility as far as you can put a full-size magazine in it from the 2.0 and their first version, you know? So even though um, its grip is a little bit shorter, that full-size magazine will still work in there and you don't have that option with the shield. But I've always thought, the compact was going to take off more than the shield, but I do like what Smith and Wesson did with the easy slide with the shield also. No, I do. Yeah. The easy, I'll be honest. The only thing I don't like about that easy is that grip safety. I understand why they did it, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the newer shooters, especially ladies getting them to understand how tight they need to grip. That is sometimes a little complicated. And they ended up not, and it's not really a negligent discharge, but it's they're trying to pull the trigger as they're trying to squeeze. So it kind of scares them a little bit because they're not expecting the gunshot to come mm-hmm. when it comes. So that's that's my only issue with the the EZ's models. But you know, I definitely understand why they did that. It's just getting them to understand, especially the newer shooters. You really got to make sure you got a good grip on it. One of my neighbors, his wife has one, and he didn't know anything about it, right? And I remember reading up on it, but I never really played with one before because, you know, I had a um, a shield, but it wasn't an easy format. So um, we went up to the range, and I'm sitting there, I'm playing with it, and I was like, got it, too easy. Like five, ten minutes playing around with it. Like, okay, I know what to do. So um, turned around, and when she started doing it, it was the same thing. She was just trying to do too much at one time and we just broke everything down. So of course, when she realized, okay, let me engage the grip first so I can do that safety. And now let me work everything else. And it it worked out for her, but how do you actually format that into a class for everybody else (laughs) to get a clear? Honestly, now you kind of got me thinking, maybe I need to start doing some dry fire with them before we actually do the live fire so they can see what that grip is going to be like. So I'm I'm glad you said that. That's, that's something I might have to change going forward with that gun is let them do dry fire so they can see exactly what they've got to do to engage that, to get everything to function properly. Now, so, also, yeah. um, to let you know about it, um, remember the 1911 is the same way. It has that grip safety. It just doesn't seem I have to grip because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. no, I've, I've got a 1911. It doesn't seem I have to grip Not that hard. as tight Correct. with that one yeah. that I but do with the. That easy slide, remember the slide is so easy. The reason why you, you need to hold it so tight is to alleviate limp wrist to yep. induce the malfunction. So that's the only yep. reason why you got to hold it so tight. So once you break all that down and you know what you got to attack going into it, um, only thing you're doing is just reinforcing good habits. And those good habits are going to relate to a better understanding of the firearm and yourself. And then you can make that determination if this is for you or not. You know, yeah. so... I- 
But the easy oh. slot or easy um, complex for Smith and Wesson was designed specifically for a woman to handle the the racking aspect because a lot of women couldn't physically rack a regular firearm back. Yeah, yeah. Because I we I actually my mother she had the shield and had. I mean, you know how the shield is. Until you mm -hmm. run some rounds through it, it can be yeah, it's gonna be tight, a little super difficult. tight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got her the easy. I got her the easy nine, and she can handle it a lot better than the actual shield. So it's it's really helped her out. Oh yeah. So now, you said you had met Horny Mike, and of course, everybody is not horny in a sexual content. It's horny meaning Viking horns from yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so um and we know he's what count customs and i actually have a count customs motorcycle also um, i didn't know that yeah um it's up in charlotte at my uncle's house um i need to do some repairs on it but i yeah. bought it back i was over in afghanistan when i purchased it and i rode it from vegas back to georgia oh my god yeah, and you know that's it's a hard tail so my kids oh, yeah. were you on got beat fire up. yeah you <laughs> got beat up man i was destroyed when i got back <laughs> yeah we we've always been a huge fan of the show and we were walking down through there and i was looking down one way to try to find somebody and my wife looked down another way and she was like there's horny mike <laughs> and of course he had the the bandana on with his big horns he had his motorcycle out there and stuff so we went over and got our pictures with him, talked to him for a minute. I mean, he was, he was really cool. I never would have, you know, picked him to be a gun enthusiast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he was, he was really cool. He was a lot taller than what I thought he was. So TV can make things a little deceptive, but exactly. yeah, he was really cool. <laughs> and then that afternoon they had uh, Chris Kale there. He's uh, from five finger death punch. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go back and get my picture with him. But when we went back, man, they were God, they were swarmed all over him. So I didn't get my picture with him. But now we went out to Friday. We went out to Count's Customs in his showroom and everything. And then we went and ate at his restaurant. But that was pretty cool. Yeah. The other the other companies, you know, I wanted to get in front of uh, CCA or was it CAA that do the Microroni. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they do one for just about every gun now. Oh, really? Yeah, like they have them for the Hellcat, the 365, just about any handgun you can think of. They've got a micro Roni for it now. Hmm, so seeing some of the yeah. seeing some of the different designs and stuff that they have was pretty cool. And then there was uh, Recovery Tactical, which is a company doing something similar to the micro Roni except instead of the instead of you sliding the gun up into it mm -hmm. you actually open it up and lay the gun down in there but now they're only doing it for glocks right now you know i tasked them they said they were looking at possibly doing it for other handguns but they really said it's going to depend on how well this one does with glocks and stuff right and it looks to me it's it you know the microrona you can definitely tell what you know what you know what you're looking at when you see it but now with this once you close it up it looks like a short barrel sbr ar-15 hmm. so it was it was really cool to get in front of them and then they had some other stuff where it's just a little it essentially kind of clips onto the gun and then you get a fold out stock with it 
but it's right. just something real small. It's got holster. It's got a little attachment so you can, you know, holster it if on your belt and stuff like that. So I wanted to get in front of them. That was something cool that I had seen in the Shot Show magazine. And I was like, I want to go and check this thing out because it looks like a really interesting concept because um, you got a little charging handle like you do with the AR-15 that pulls the slide back and racks it for you and everything. So it was a really interesting concept. Price point was really good. They were floating between for just a little fold-out stock attachment. I think it was like 100 bucks. And then the whole setup look, that looked like the AR-15 was... I think they said 200 was going to be the price point. So mm -hmm. I was really surprised. I was expecting it to be a little bit more than that. You know, they leave room for you to thread the barrel if you want to run a suppressor on it and stuff like that. So really interesting concept and seriously thinking about getting one of those. It was pretty cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's some other stuff that, um, that you've seen out there that, um, you wasn't looking for, but you was like, okay, that seems okay. So Action Target has this, uh, this picks up brass. Okay, and I saw that little ro robot on um, Instagram. So is, so now what they had, so the robot thing was a company called, hold on a second here, I got one of their cards. It was called uh, Range Aardvark. Okay, yep, that's the one that I saw on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a really cool system. Um, Price point's the only thing that's going to have me worried with it being, you know, kind of automated. You run it from your cell phone and stuff. What uh, Action Target had was almost like a push mower. Mm -hmm. And it's got this big wheel on the back of it with these, uh, the I guess you'd spikes, say, ru the rubber, rubber spikes, spikes yep. yeah, that stick out. Mm -hmm. And then they grab the brass and then roll it into a little tray that essentially it comes in and runs like fingers through all those little spikes and scrapes out the brass and it dumps it down into a big bucket system in the front. So that's something that I was glad that I went and looked at because I, I got to start doing a little bit better on my range picking brass up because there's just brass everywhere, man. Like, I, you know, I get ready to tell people to do something where they're kneeling and you see them down on the ground like pushing brass out of the way. It, yeah, call me, I'll come, I'll come with a couple buckets. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that you know i got looked at that and then there was a it was a family-owned company that runs uh what was it called hammer targets and it's a steel target system that mounts into the ground it breaks apart into three pieces so you can um break it down throw it in you you know like the trunk of your car if you've got a car it's really light really easy to set up um, that was really cool. Matter of fact, I'll kind of, I don't know if you can see that. Yes. Yes. But you so got that's your hand. the breakdown of it. So for yeah, the, that hand thing is slides up and down so you can hammer it. Yeah. Hold it, hold it back ground. up again. If you don't mind now yeah. for everybody that's on YouTube and watching this on Spotify, um, he's holding up a card. That's pretty much a description of what you're getting with this system. Now, of course, if you're listening to it, on um, your favorite streaming platform, um, you have to go to either YouTube or go check out the video on Spotify to see the card that he's holding up. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool, like how they set that up on a card aspect to make it show you how simple it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, very simple setup, very lightweight. Um, and then if you don't want, so if you don't want their still target that comes with it, mm-hmm. they have an attachment that you can buy and use chains and you can use your own steel if you've already got your own steel. Right. So that was, I'm honestly, I'm thinking that's another thing I'm probably going to be adding to my range as well, too, because what I've got now is the spike with the two by four down in it. Mm-hmm. Then you got to stand on the spike and kind of jump up and down. And sometimes it doesn't get in the ground. And after shooting, it starts to fall over. And this stuff, you know, they, they were shooting two, two, three, five, five, six, you know, big stuff. And then they have a bell attachment. So if you want to do long distance stuff mm-hmm. and it looked like a little cowbell that you attached to it. And he said, it really has a nice, good, gong sound to it when you hit it so if you're you know four five six hundred yards out you know when you're hitting it right so it was it was a very cool system and very modular very simple to break down so yes if you're if you're looking for some steel i would or a steel system to set up on your range i would definitely check this out it's uh hammertargets.com there you have it so we'll give them a check out and um see what you think and um i'm pretty sure you didn't cover um at least one third of shot show <laughs> so, oh god no man yeah like i said like the way it's set up you cannot hit every business out there you know no so. no there was i go in and i go in with the to their app i mark who i want to hit mm-hmm. once i hit them if i have time then i'll start just kind of meandering through and just checking things out you know, there was a company out of Kentucky that we found that had some interesting uh, armor plate systems and stuff, like super, super lightweight that would take up to a 44 Magnum. Mm-hmm. And it was probably about as thick as what your cardboard is for a cardboard box. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. very, very lightweight. Like you could throw it under a T-shirt and you'd never even know that you had it on. So it was interesting bumping into them and stuff of course you know i went over to walker and was hollering at walker and then there was have you ever heard of shellback tactical no i never heard of that one they do uh armor and plates and stuff and they're out of columbia hmm yeah we got to talk you know you need to pass that information off so um yeah yeah i'll definitely send their stuff because we now we bumped into them at the uscca event Mm-hmm. It's where we bumped into them. But yeah, I was like, I told her, I was like, I've never heard of y'all. So, you know, they were like, hey, give us a call when you get back and, you know, we'll talk, let you come down and stuff. But yeah, I didn't know if you'd heard of them, but they're Casey, South Carolina is where they're at. Yeah, Casey's, um, that's over by the airport, Columbia Airport. That's that yeah. side of town. And that's only, what, 15 minutes away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I never heard of them. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll send you their information and stuff so you can check them out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um so um when do you think um you're going to be in operation for your next class? Because as you can tell coming back from Vegas, we got hit with a winter storm and it kind of shut down a lot of business, especially outdoor activities. So we actually had to drive down to Atlanta Sunday. Mm-hmm. during that bad storm because i was like 
we don't need to wait till Monday morning and try to drive down because it's just going to be even worse. And honestly, man, the interstate wasn't that bad. They did a really good job having it cleared out and stuff. I mean, I was running 60, 65 all the way down through there. Nice. So okay. it wasn't that bad, but no, I've got a class coming up this Saturday. Hey, there you go right there. So um, which so, class yeah, is it? And how can it's one of my, it's my handgun tactics 101. So that class is set up for either somebody that just got their first handgun or you've had a handgun for some time. that's just kind of been sitting there and you're ready to start getting more experience with it. So, you know, we'll go over safety and fundamentals and cleaning and storage and, all that stuff, and then we'll go down to the range and actually spend some time on the range. We shoot maybe about 150 rounds in that class. Not a lot, but enough for you to get experience with it and kind of have an idea of what the next steps are to take. You know, I have some people that will come and take that before they take a permit class, and then I have some people that come and take the permit class and then come and take that class. So I don't really say one way or the other. It's really on where you feel comfortable but yeah that's that's kind of entry level right there the my 201 classes we get a little bit more advanced you know you're going to need a good holster some mag pouches we're going to work mag changes and malfunctions and some different positions and things like that and then shooting and moving and then the 301 is a little bit more physical you know i've got a punching bag an old punching bag out there now i'm gonna have you dragging around like you're having to pull somebody out because i think it's a 100 115 pound punching bag so and then i'm i'm gonna have you running some to get that heart rate up get that breathing up because if you're out somewhere and there's an active shooter situation it's not like you're going to be walking to them trying to see what's going on so kind of make you think a little bit and then you know i'm gonna push you physically in that class as well too nice nice so now how can um good people um find out where to sign up for these classes and to sign up so southcarolinagunschool.com is our website um halfway down the page you'll see upcoming classes or at the top there's a class uh, link up there so there's several different ways once you get to our website on where you can get signed up just go through the calendar find what class you want click on it uh, there's an option that says get tickets. You'll click on that and that'll walk you through the res registration process. Um, SCGS Tactical Santa on Instagram, the SCGS on Twitter, South Carolina Gun School on Facebook. You can also find us there and our website and contact information is all linked into all that stuff. And then also South Carolina Gun School on YouTube as well, too, because, you know, I'm trying to. That's definitely one of my goals for this year is to do better with the videos because I haven't been great with the videos, getting content out. So that's one of my goals is to do a little bit better getting the content out and stuff. But, you know, trying to run a business and film and edit and all that other stuff, it can get a little time consuming. So my goal is at least last year it was like probably once a month, maybe once every two months, you know, this year I'd like to be able to get it at least once every two weeks, right around in there. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to overload myself, but I still want to do better getting content out because the YouTube page has really grown over this past year. So I want to do better getting that content out and stuff. So that's, that's one of my big goals for this year is getting better content out on there. And I've got some good stuff to work with moving forward. So I think that's going to be real easy for me to do. 
Hey, that's it right there. So glad you came on to the show. And um, no, thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm glad you had me on to talk about it because I know there's going to be a you and look, people. There's going to be people that are going to be on their YouTube page and Instagram talking about Shot Show's dead. I I don't think it's dead. I think there were a lot of skeptical people around having to wear a mask is one reason there weren't a lot of people out there, but I don't foresee SHOT Show being dead. Yeah. Um, I've always had fun at SHOT Show, but I had more fun at NRA and USCCA. So, yeah. Different audience. It's just a different audience. So The only thing that sucks this year about NRA is you're doing it the weekend of Train and Learn. Yes. And I've, I've already committed to that. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay with my commitment to that with KD and everything and go to it. But I am marking time of for USCCA this year. I'm going to definitely hit that one. So yeah, I'm excited about going to that. Right. Yep. So, um, like I said, um, I, I really do appreciate you coming on to the show and, um, you're going to actually see more, um, stuff between Chris and myself here in the near future and um, we're going to bring you back onto the show here in about uh, right before the um, season finale and see what's new with you and see what changes you made and what you implemented from SHOT Show to then. Sounds good man yeah. be glad to. Alright so let's do that. So if everyone will please head on over to YouTube and subscribe to the M-W Tactical YouTube channel and until next week Keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Y'all take care now.